1: Facebook wants to balance your objective with its own objectives, which include not spamming everyone to death with salesy, hardcore ads. They want to increase engagement and time on the platform, so they do that through their auction formula.
2: You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Perpetual Traffic podcast. We got the three boys today, Ralph Burns, Drew Tweedo, myself, Keith Krantz. Molly is on a road trip vacation somewhere in Colorado, so we wish Molly well. And we're going to be uh, continuing the conversation today. We've had a lot of questions come through our groups and stuff about Facebook's algorithm and bidding and budgeting and how it really works. And a few episodes ago, episode 108, we had Drew on to talk about the algorithm, our, our resident data science expert, digital marketing expert in general. And I'll let Andrew come on and talk about what we're going to hit on. But we're going to get into some specifics that really drive the algorithm, and hence, drive the cost of your ads. There are, I believe, three key factors that make the biggest impact when it comes to how much you're going to pay Facebook for your ads to get out in front of your ideal potential customer.
1: Today, we're talking about the auction. The last time we talked about the algorithm and that feeds into the auction. So today we'll talk about the three components, how you can kind of control those. And then at the end, we'll talk more about bidding. Tell me about this auction
2: in case people are wondering, what is the auction?
1: When you set up an ad campaign or when you launch a campaign and you're trying to, to get your impressions, to get your reach and get your ad in front of people, the way that Facebook actually determines Who gets the ad in front of what person is through an auction system, right? I mean, it is pretty much like what it sounds in that you have a bunch of different advertisers kind of bidding for the same real estate. So if you've been to an auction before, you know, everyone has a different idea of what the value is for the item that's up for grabs. And so what Facebook is trying to do is use its algorithm and what you're bidding, right? So what you're saying, I'm willing to pay X amount of dollars for... Keith to see my ad in his newsfeed. They're trying to balance all that to figure out who should get that real estate, that ad real estate in the newsfeed. And the problem is it's not like a typical auction
2: that we're going to go to where the highest bidder always wins, right? It's the guy that actually, that can bid, but also can talk to the auctioneer in a cool way compared to the guy next to him that might come across as a sleazy sales guy. So there's a lot more to this auction than just bidding. Most of you guys know this, but we're going to get into some, I think, specifics that should be really helpful
1: there's a balance here so where this deviates from a traditional auction where it is literally highest bidder wins if you've ever wondered like uh if you if you're new to facebook ads and you've been like how could you know we have companies like walmart huge companies that you're competing with and it's kind of amazing that you as someone maybe from your home office can log on create an ad account and literally be quote unquote outbidding them for placements in a matter of minutes it's like well how does that happen because you know they have million dollar ad budgets, but I'm budgeting $10 a day. Well, part of the reason is that the things that are considered in this auction system are not just about the bid. It's about Facebook wants to balance your objective with its own objectives, which include not spamming everyone to death with you know salesy hardcore ads. They wanna increase engagement and time on the platform. So they do that through their auction formula. There's actually kind of four things that really matter in the auction, three of which you can control directly, pretty much. So the the four things that actually come into play in the auction are your bid, so how much you're willing to pay. Now, in an ads manager, that's usually set to automatic, let Facebook bid for you, or manual, and we'll come back to that later. The next component, so component number two, is the probability of action. This is, what's the probability that if Facebook shows this ad to to Keith, that he's going to end up converting? right? So he's going to end up purchasing or whatever it is that you're bidding for. What's the probability of that happening? And we won't talk too much about that in this episode because we talked about it in the last episode 108 about the algorithm. This is where the algorithm comes into play. So just know that Facebook computes a probability of you doing something based on the historical ad set performance.
2: Like bounce rate, opt-in rate, those types of things, right? Like use a real world example real quick on that specific thing, just without going deep. So an
1: example of probability of action would be, let's say I'm running an ad set with the objective being a lead, right? So I want to get someone to opt into my email list. Well, if you're running an ad where they click from the, the ad and they go to a, a squeeze page, like a landing page, and all they can do there is opt-in, right? So we have a simple two-step process here. You click and then on the landing page, you either convert and, and you opt-in or you don't, Right so that the conversion rates there are what's gonna dictate how Facebook would, would expect other people to react to that same experience, right? So if you get a 10% click-through rate on that ad and then a 50% opt-in rate on that landing page, like obviously you're doing it really well, that's a 5% conversion rate. So Facebook's gonna use that data and compare it against other people in the auction to say, okay, well, 5% of the people that we show this ad to are gonna take this action that Andrew's bidding you know, $50 for or whatever, right? So that's how those two things come into play together is, it's not just about what you're bidding, but it's about what's the probability that somebody's gonna take action. So first was bid, then probability of action. And the last thing is relevance, right? And this is kind of the dark horse, I think, or like the forgotten component. You see a lot of people saying, well, relevance doesn't matter, or it's not that big of a deal, but it really is. The most important thing to remember is that this is where Facebook's prerogative comes into play, is that the relevance is kind of dictated by engagement. So they want people to comment, react, whether that reaction is actually positive or negative in terms of like, you know, when you click like or you do a, an angry response or whatever, that's all relevance. So that's that's engagement. You know, what they don't want is people complaining and saying like, don't show me this ad or uh, report this ad is inappropriate. But any reaction is is good, really, the comments, the reactions, the shares, all that good stuff. So that's the three components, the bid, the probability of someone taking action, and the relevance.
2: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that, like Drew said, people dismiss this. They do not realize the power of this. And Dennis Yu mentioned it way back when he talked about boosting posts and he talked about the exponential differences between a 10 relevant score and another 10 relevant score. It's hard to tell the difference. But I mean, we see the differences between somebody that's got nines and tens or eights and nines and tens across the board in relevance, you know, and their like to share ratio is very high and they're averaging 20 to 30 cents per click, right? And of course that's important because that affects your lead cost or your your cost per purchase. And the differences in some of these clients' ads accounts, the cost per impression in general, because it's all about the quality of their ad. And this is why I love doing really good videos, longer videos in a lot of cases, seven, eight, nine, 10 minute videos sometimes are, are the best videos that outperform everything else because we're giving somebody specific high value in the ad itself and they share the heck out of that, but we also are telling them to take the next step. And so they're sharing it, which gives it a high relevance score, and then they're also converting if you do it right, which is what we teach. Now. This is so huge. I, it's, I just, we will look at like over hundred ad accounts in the business manager and some people will just average these super, super low CPMs and the other, other clients will average super high CPMs. And it's, it all comes down to the ad and the like to share ratio. What Ralph mentioned there is so important and it's a ratio. So when you run ads, people are going to like or hate or whatever, love your ad. That just happens. So if you spend a thousand dollars, you're going to get some likes. So that's why I like to look at the ratio. So for every 100 likes, if you're getting 50 shares, that's a two to one ratio. If you have 100 likes, or quote unquote, like reactions, what they're called now, and 100 shares, that's a one to one ratio. Some of the best ads are are, are one to one, or even better. You know, 1,000 reactions and then 1,300 shares, or, or maybe around that two to one point. And that's when you'll start to see costs go way, way down. And if you do it right, people are not just sharing your ads, they're actually sharing, but they're also taking action, they're clicking, because your value you're providing, or maybe it's emotional, you're connecting at the heart level with somebody, and they want to do business with you. And it really comes down to that simple. That's how you scale. And
3: you can have high performing ads that have low relevance scores, and you can have high performing ads for your CPA with, you know, no likes and no shares. But chances are the longevity of that ad probably isn't going to be something that you're going to be running for a consistent period of time. So I think this is a really big, important thing. And it's an important part of the auction, for sure. Harder to kind of put your finger on like exactly how you do it. But what we do know is that when you do have a higher like to share ratio or an ad that engages with your audience better, performance, without a doubt, increases and you lower your cost per acquisition, cost per lead, whatever it is, whatever your objective happens to be.
1: We've seen folks kind of comment on this you know, recently and saying that, well, the relevance doesn't really matter that much. Well, typically where you see low relevance ads that will still make a ton of money is at the, towards the bottom of the funnel, like retargeting. Exactly. Of course, at that point, you don't need to have a relevance 10 retargeting ad because that's more of a direct call to action. And, you know, I'm willing to bid more for that. So if you imagine these three variables kind of working in tandem, it's kind of like, yeah, it's great if you can get all three to work in your favor, But I would bid a lot more for that bottom of funnel impression anyways, and it's a lot more valuable to me. And again, you know, people, you know, they'll share coupon codes and like cart reminder ads. We'll tell people like if you have a good, maybe you have
2: a five minute sales video, maybe you have a 10 minute sales video on your sales page. And if somebody, they land on that, or maybe they even land on your checkout page and they bounce, take that video and run it as a video ad to those warm audiences that have already visited your sales page. That's not gonna have a high relevance score. It's just not gonna happen. But it's a small audience. Doesn't matter where your cost per click is or cost per impression. What matters is, is that the people that are seeing it have already shown that they're very interested in that specific product, so you're giving them the, the video in Facebook. And so they're gonna come back and some of them are gonna buy. So who cares what the relevance score is in that case? All right, so Drew, after listening to the half this episode and the last one, I've got a kind of a hypothetical question. So let's say that I've got a new client coming on board and you know, they wanna know their CPAs, they want, they're want interested in all these potential audiences and, and all this stuff, but we've got several different versions of the ad copy we wanna test and a few different images and maybe a video or two. Like, What is the first thing that I should test? Should I try to test it all at once or should I try to do one or two things kind of first? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't think there's like an ultimate right answer here. I will say that typically from an audience standpoint, Assuming that the person has like the basics down, right? We have a good lookalike audience off of the highest value customers, a lookalike maybe off past purchasers. Like that's pretty standard practice. What, What I'm more interested in is because relevance and probability of action are so important in the auction and like that's where you can really drive significant improvement over your competition. I would be interested to see, you know, if we have a lot of very different variations of the ad itself, I would be more interested to test the creative, you know, with fewer audiences first. And then if I have the means, I would also say, be sure to test a couple of different funnel experiences. But I do think that we don't want to get on that hamster wheel of like perpetual testing, always testing, testing a thousand different variables. I would just say, whatever you choose to do, just go with that plan and stick with it. But I do think that the creative and the the funnel are, are the most important part.
2: Yeah, I I 100% agree. I think that's the thing is if you have a $5,000 or a $10,000 a day budget starting out, you can test more things a little bit, right? But if you've got a small budget to work with or you just want to know fast, you know, what's really resonating and maybe maybe you're testing those different creatives with just a few of your audiences that you kind of already know are going to be good. Maybe you don't have any look like audiences, but you kind of know those big, broad interests that are the big experts in your your industry. So focus on, you know, a few big audiences and get some data. Let's see what hooks or, or creatives that Facebook tells you are costing you much, much less. And I think you might be able to scale out into more audiences faster. But like every scenario, it really just depends on your specific scenario. Maybe you already know what creatives work, but you you want to test audiences because like you already know that. You know what I mean? So you're going to test maybe tons of audiences in your case, and maybe you just want to test two different versions of the ad copy because you've already done that in previous situation so you you have to take your situation into consideration
3: yeah i mean i think the one variable that that is so dependent on this whole relevance of your ad is the message in your ad and the creative and i think that's the thing that we test probably more than just about anything else and also vary it over time throwing that into the mix Um, because all things being equal i mean we've seen plenty of times where why open targeting works better than really laser focused targeting just because the ad is so good and it speaks so well to a known pain point in that audience. But I mean, I think it, to get that part of the the formula, the auction formula right, that's the hardest part.
2: Yeah, 100%. That's why we spent like almost three days on that stuff at our certification. That's why we're about to do a video ad and ad copy boot camp over the next uh, couple of weeks here or
1: Dominant web media. It makes perfect sense to, to start with the creative because Facebook can help you reach the right people. Like Ralph was saying, sometimes you just let it put the targeting way more open-ended, even in the testing phase. Like if you're testing creative, Facebook can help like meander your spin to the right people. What it can't do is help make your ad better.
2: One last question when you're trying to maybe get to, you know, go past ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars a day. You know, we've got some people in our coaching group that are that are looking to go from ten or twenty K a day to like thirty and forty and fifty K a day. So is there any like a little bonus kind of advanced
1: thing that you, you kind of test out? I think it's a good question. And I would say that this applies for people even lower than that. You know, even for people who are trying to go from spending, let's say like a thousand dollars a day to five thousand dollars a day right? So this, this is applicable in that phase too. But the first question would be why manual bidding or why do we want to do it? So if we go back to our auction components, we've talked about relevance. Last episode, we talked about, you know, the probability of someone taking action and, and you know, that's going to be driven a lot by your conversion rate in your funnel. But then when it comes to the bid, if we leave it on automatic bidding, and, and especially if we have a daily budget, Facebook is kind of given the prerogative to spend the budget but also they can kind of set our bid as they see fit to optimize our results. That's like the whole idea behind OCPM, like their bidding and the, the auction kind of approach is that they'll, they'll bid to try to maximize your return on your money. However, once you have a good enough idea of what someone's worth to you, right? So let's say I run my first face campaigns or whatever, and I found some good ads that are resonating. Now I've consolidated to some bigger ad sets, some bigger budgets. And I might still be auto bidding, but then I'll figure out like after consolidating those best pieces together, what is my one day click through CPA and what's my one day click through value per conversion. Now, if you're optimizing for purchase, that's going to be 100% applicable here. If you're optimizing for lead, you're just going to have to go against your CPA here. But once we get enough data, we should know, know, if you go to an ads manager, customize columns, change your attribution window to one day, click-through only, and look at what our our CPA is. I won't go into like the exact math behind how to like...
2: Let's just say it's $50. We're selling a supplement. Let's say it's $50.
1: Yeah, $50 CPA. And then let's say that for that $50 CPA that right now you're making, let's say $80 per purchase, right? So we're in a place where we can scale because we're making at least a little bit of return. And I want to emphasize that. Don't start to do this until you find something that's working. No sense throwing good money after bad. So let's say we're making $80 on a $50 purchase. Well, I know that my value is $80, right? And I'm I'm paying $50 right now to get a conversion. Well, my bid should be somewhere in that range and maybe a little bit higher, right? And now do you want to use max bid or average bid? You can test both, but it depends on your prerogative. So one day click through CPA is 50 bucks. One day click through the, the value per purchase is $80. Your range there is like 50 to 80 bucks is where your, your bidding range is going to be. And if you know your LTV from those people, you can even bid higher than that $80, right? Right. Right. Exactly.
2: So let's say your $50 is your cost per acquisition and your one day value is 40, but your seven day, you know this after seven days, you're bringing in about say 60, you're ten dollars profit after thirty days. You're bringing in eighty, so you're you're doing pretty well there. Seven, say seventy-five. So you're fifty percent profit after thirty days. That could be a case where you you're like, okay, we want to bid closer to seventy because we're okay to burn some cash for thirty days, right? So
1: you might get more impressions that way. It might cost you a little bit more, but you're going to get more volume. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. It's the trade-off between efficiency and scale. I mean. Yep. One thing that you should know is that there is going to be an inflection point when you're scaling where your efficiency, like your, your return might even improve as you scale up to a certain point. But once you hit like a critical mass level where you've reached a lot of your best people with this specific offer, there is going to be a point where it's going to become less efficient and that's normal. However, it comes down to what you're after. You know, Do you want to scale this to like a $10,000 a day campaign or you know, even more than that? Or are you just saying, hey, I'm happy as long as I can make my two to one return, I'm happy at, at acquiring customers at this rate?
2: And the thing is, though, the one thing that's a caveat here, too, I think, is that if somebody has, depending on the size of your audience, let's say that it's a super big audience, and let's say you're at your yours is really profitable, and you might be, okay, well, I raised it way up. What, what's going on here? I'm not getting that many more impressions. Well, the reason why probably is because, remember, Facebook's algorithm is so good, they're going to find the best people, right? They're going to go out and they're going to Put your ad in front of the best one or two percent of people of that inside of that say five million person audience well when they start going wider you're going to probably have lower relevance scores right they're not going to be as targeted so they might start slowing down the impressions because they're like whoa whoa, whoa these guys actually don't like this ad now or your, your price will jump way up once you hit a certain point because now your audience actually isn't as targeted because they're going
1: wider within that
2: one big audience
1: when you keep scaling up 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 if you're manual bidding like a max amount per conversion, then you're eventually going to hit a point where you're losing a lot of the auctions, right? Because yep. the probability of action that Facebook predicts for these people that are kind of like well outside the range of your your best targets is going to be lower. Yep. So that means you're either exactly. going to have to keep increasing your bid and then kind of say, okay, well, I'm you know I'm willing to do this because you know number one I'm just going to have to win some more of these auctions to to get data back about if I can remain profitable. Or two, you're just like, hey, I just want the scale. So I'm I'm gonna keep bidding higher. So it's just trading off between like your bid level and your budget level.
2: Exactly. And that's where coming in with an ad. Like when you start to create ads that actually, you know, hit people on that level one of awareness ladder that we talked about on back on the upside episode. You know, you're targeting people that are completely unaware of the problem and you're making them aware of the problem and then you're making them aware of the solution as well as your solution, you can actually go much wider and bigger audiences. That's why it always comes right back to messaging, because when you start to go real wide, you need a message that resonates with both people, people that are aware of the problem and also people that are unaware, because that's when you win. The people that are aware of the problem and you have a message that kind of resonates with people that are unaware of the problem, well, the people that are aware of the problem, they'll share your ad because they're like, see, friends, I told you so. I told you that there's actually a, an amazing whatever. The supplement that I buy is, is cool. So they share it. And the people that are unaware, they click on it and they opt in.
3: So in essence, when you're in your testing phase, we start with automatic bidding. Just because we don't know, especially if we're launching a brand new campaign, we don't know how our creative, how our ad is going to really react to the world. And then once we we get a cpa when we start sort of scaling out you know if you keep that automatic bid there i mean facebook will continue to escalate their automatic bids because you're now going outside of that original sort of targeted audience who really resonated with your message so that's where a manual bid is really helpful and sometimes that does mean that your ad set especially if you're trying to scale up on a budget standpoint Sometimes it means that you do get less impressions because you're now putting sort of a controller inside that ad set. So, I mean, the stuff that we've seen is that, you know, average bidding tends to outperform max bidding just from an impression standpoint. But what's been your experience when you finally do switch over and make that switch over to manual bid, Andrew?
1: No, that's that's definitely right, and and if you find the Facebook documentation on this, the they'll tell you use average bidding if you want more stable performance and and better delivery, but use max bidding if you're more cost conscious because max is literally just saying like hey, anything that comes up above this number, like if our bid is required to be anywhere above this number, don't even consider us in the auction. Like we're kind of stepping out, whereas average bidding is more like. Uh, you know what, if you need to raise the bid a little bit to get me some of these like kind of fringe impressions, then I'm giving you license to do that. So it all goes back to like where your ROAS is or like how much money you're making. So if you're making hand over fist, like 10 to one or five to just insane return, then I would say use your average bidding to try to get that delivery up. But if if you're right at the razor's edge of like, uh, man, you know, we're making money on this, but we're kind of sketchy on paying any more, then I would say the max bid might be the best choice. Yeah. And I
3: mean, if your average or your max bid after you sort of reel in the, I think you're, you're, (laughs) you used an analogy offline. It's like you're taking the credit card away from the teenager kind of thing. (laughs) Like if you start to actually not be able to achieve your CPA goal, that means that you have to go back to square one again. That means you have to figure out a better way to resonate with your audience so that you're more relevant And that's why, you know, keeping your copy and your images as well as your creatives, in our case, a lot of video ads fresh is a key component to this whole thing and constantly testing that. After you test and figure out what works, that's not like the end of the the road. You still have to continue to sort of throw back in new ad copy, new creative, and figure out what other ways to get people in that audience that resonates with them in a slightly different way.
2: Exactly. The one thing I want to add real quick is the automatic bidding manual bidding if you're managing it this is something you do in addition to everything else you're a solopreneur maybe or even if you're a marketing manager but you're doing all these other things don't go trying to micromanage things right now you you, you want to spend your time 80 twenty you know eighty percent of your time focusing on your funnel stuff your messaging your offer and you know target audiences and stuff like you know the the manual bidding that's the next level for people that are like they're just in there every day optimizing ads okay. Uh, If you start worrying about that stuff, you're going to miss the bigger stuff that makes the bigger impact. Just use automatic bidding. That's one thing I want to make sure people don't take that the wrong way.
3: Yeah, not get too granular with this. And I think we touched upon this the last time we talked with Andrew on the show here is that Facebook designed this platform so that you're not in there every single day tweaking stuff. Like you shouldn't be in your ads manager, you know, turning stuff off, turning stuff back on. Like uh, Ideally, after you figure out what kind of message and what audiences work, It should be, I wouldn't say set it and forget it because it's not, but it should be more along those lines because the algorithm is doing the heavy lifting for you. And then you're just, you know, adding in some new creatives every now and then, or maybe you're tweaking your budgets, but you're letting the algorithm do the work. And as long as you sort of understand how that all works, and hopefully we shed some light on this in this episode here, you know, you should get the end result that you're looking for.
2: Thanks for coming on again. Um, Do you have anything last that
1: you want to add? Yeah. I mean, I'll, Shameless plug for the video walkthrough of this, which we also talked about last time. I end up in the video add-on. I ended up talking more about this auction and how to like control those variables because it is that important. But you can get that add-on, whatever at funnelboom.com/slash/bid. So that's that's free. You just got to opt into my messenger.
2: Do that. Check it out. Other than that. We love you guys. We love doing this. If you like the podcast, feel free to leave us a review. Helps us get the message out to more people at iTunes. Honest review. Other than that, we will talk to you again in a few days next week. And talk to you guys later. See ya. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.
0: John Moran here.